Welcome to Convey Your on Learning and Development, where we discuss training concepts and emerging technologies in order to help business trainers level up their skills. So check out today's episode and then visit us at podcast.conveyor.com in order to find out how to join future conversations. Hey, this is Jason with conveyor.com, and I want to welcome you to our inaugural season of Conveyor on Learning and Development. We realize that you could be doing so many other things with your time, but that you chose to listen to us today. So we want to make the most of your time. So I'll just break down what we're doing with these episodes for the season. We're going to be talking mostly with uh, Stephen Ryan, the president and founder of Conveyor, and he's going to really unravel his his thoughts on micro-learning, on micro-training, on web-based training in order to help you level up in the field of learning and development. So uh, without further ado, I'm just going to jump right in and and start off this discussion. So, uh, hey, hey, Stephen, we've been talking about micro-learning quite a, quite a bit, and uh, we do that within the company because you developed Conveyor as a micro-learning tool for trainers. And we started this podcast really with the intention of helping those who are in the business of educating and equipping their people. Uh, so in this episode, we're focusing on the user experience, and we're doing so because of this statement that you make all the time, uh, which is, quote, the training experience needs to be on par with digital consumer experiences, end quote. So I'm wanting to get you to elaborate on this idea. Uh, what do you mean when you say again, quote, the training experience needs to be on par with digital consumer experiences, end quote? Yeah, yeah. So this whole trend for micro learning, mobile learning has actually, it's actually been uh, driven by hardware. So uh, it's, it's, actually, it's actually all a trend as a result of the power that we now have on these devices, right? So mobile devices. Here's what I mean. Uh, before we had a device like this, like these devices are basically doubling in power every what? Like two, would you say two to three years, something like that? Yeah, e- easily. Who is paying for that doubling? We are. I don't really think the companies are paying for that unless you have a company phone, but it's usually us. Yeah. And because that, um, that the, the auspices of paying for that is on us and we're doing the work to upgrade, um, the hardware for the entire company is actually being upgraded every two to three years because yeah. people are upgrading their, their devices. Yeah. So with that, now it now means that like the user wants to consume business information on the most powerful device. Right, so their own personal device, and yeah. that's what opened like the gate for uh, users saying, "Look, I don't want to use like a computer labs. I don't want to go to my office and use some junky computer that I got that's three years old, even if it was a laptop that was given to me. Um, I don't want to use their um, built-in browser that's like Internet Explorer 11 or something like that. I'm just going to use my my own phone because uh, it just runs better." And with that said, though, there is now like this implicit desire from the the user to have whatever I'm accessing on my business information be on par or better, the, the experience be better than these other applications that are actually utilizing that hardware to its fullest extent. So we've got like Spotify, you know, Apple Music, YouTube, think about those experiences. Like think about Amazon, the Amazon app. And it users are not just going to give you a hall pass and just say, well, you know, since 
you know, since it's a business product or it's a, you know, business information, I can assume that this isn't going to quite work, right? You have to basically assume that you're competing with those other consumer products. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes total sense. And uh, it, it actually relates to the other thing that we were talking about, which is user experience and peak information. So uh, would you mind talking about what you mean when you say peak information? Yeah. So when I was telling you about this, like peak information, I'm kind of using an example of like peak oil, right? We have you just a crazy amount of information online and uh, information is now just a commodity. It's actually too much information is ex the example of poor user experience because we all know like doing a 15 minute presentation, like whittling that down to say the right things is so much harder than giving an hour's worth of, pre of presentation. That's an example of somebody taking time to make a really good user experience with the time that they have. And our time is becoming more, more, more and more limited with our consumers. Now, our consumer, I'm using the word consumer because I'm talking about the people we're training, whether those be employees or, uh, you know, your people you're consulting. Okay. So as our time gets lower, the culture is you don't have as much time with individuals to train them. So if you're coming with this expectation that you can just take them to the buffet and they're going to eat and they're going to be happy just because you're giving them a whole bunch of information. That's a poor uh, consumer experience. I'll give you an example. Um, it's the same thing with, with consumer goods now. So if, if you take a commoditized product, okay, like some electronic good, right? What ends up winning? It's the best purchasing experience, the fastest experience. It's the one where I get the information and the review about that product as fast as possible. It's not the fries of the world where are, there are a million products where I have to go around and make decisions. It's the one where I have to spend the least amount of time and effort to get the product that I want, right? Yeah. So the way this is all being driven is because these things are actually, we are already like cybernetic organisms. Like we are, this is, we're cyborgs. We just don't have, you know, as Elon Musk would put it, like, we don't have a high throughput. It's not connected to our brains yet, but it's in our hands all of the time, right? Yeah. So why do you see a huge trend in voice? Why do you see this big trend in voice activation and saying, Alexa, then it's, you know, and I spit out what I want. That's an example of where we're moving towards this trend of immediate gratification, removing, like increasing the throughput, okay? So I'm rabbit holing a little bit, but, I think what, you, you, what I'm saying is experience with your information, right? Shortening it, making it more effortful, making it more um, enticing, more compelling, more emotional, um, and, and using the, time, the window of time, maintaining learner trust, right? If, uh, with them is what creates, drives experience, makes them want to come back. Learner trust is huge. We haven't talked very much about that, and I'm just going to riff on that for a sec. So what I mean by learner trust is, again, you can offer up a ton of information, but, and it could be really good information. But if I hop in on my phone and I get this huge video and this big block of text and I'm consuming this, maybe I consume it the first day. Then the next day comes around and you have more content or next week. And I, and I, what's the first thing that's going to pop into my head? It's a lot. It's a lot. You're like, well, this is really good, but I don't have time for this. I'll come back later. And yeah, right. Boring, boring. So it could be, it could be not boring information. Maybe it's a fantastic video, right? It's just that 
do I need my experience to be like that to get the effect and the objective that I want for my training experience, right? The reason why we love podcasts, we love, you know, Spotify, we love these experiences is because they're short, they're to the point, and they're on our own time during the day. It's asynchronous. And so this is what I'm talking about is like getting your experience with your, your training to line up with the expectations that digital consumers have nowadays in other applications. Does that make sense? No, that makes perfect sense. And uh, regarding the user experience, what, what do you think it is about business culture or even just our national culture or, or even international culture that has put us in this position where we need the user exp experience to be uh, what it is? Yeah, it's a great question. So the, the word I think about is, or the two words I think of is like less conformity. So we live in a world now where uh, we have more remote work, more of a gig economy, more contractors, um, less like company men or women, you know, that are, that are focused on, on staying at one company and being loyal to that company for a you know, really long period of time. And with that comes either the lack of caring on social pressures or what peer, other peers are doing, or they just intrinsically don't have those pressures because they're not in the office, they're not at a location, they have nobody really uh, looking over their shoulder. So with a rise in that, uh, you know, we've seen this in universities, right? Like we've seen this on, with on, on massive online learning classes and stuff. They had to experience the issue of, they couldn't take the lecture model, you know, with a, with a professor and just put that online. It just didn't work. You had people that were gonna say, I don't wanna do this right now. I'll do it at midnight or I'll do it at 4 a.m. Um, you had, a lot of, uh, you, you're dealing with human behavior now at a, like a massive level. Uh, and so now this is an example where learner experience needs to be treated more, especially in the area of training, needs to be more like uh, a, you come with the assumption that you, that you have zero attention, like the attention meter resets for each learner every day. Mm -hmm. And you don't come with that assumption that, oh, well, you know, they work for me or I pay, you know, I, I sign their paychecks or, or this is important content or, um, I need them to know this and all this stuff just goes right out the window and all that you can, you, your content has to land on its own two feet. The experience, like we talked about the digital experience has to be stellar, uh, so that they actually enjoy the experience. But at the same time, it's like, is this content aligned with what my motivations are personally like how am i going to get value out of it in in the first day week month and we'll touch on this more like in the next next time we have a call because we talked about this right mm -hmm. uh learner experience is not just you know the digital experience how how great is the application how does it look but it's also like does it align with what i want you know as as uh in what i'm doing like do, do i want to take the time to learn this because it actually took the time this person is being empathetic that's training me and actually took the time to ask me um, if this aligns with where I want to go in my life, right? Uh, and mm -hmm. doesn't make that assumption uh, that I'm going to conform simply because of some disparate connection I have to them, mm -hmm. right? So that's what I mean by really thinking. So learner experience, like twofold, we'll get to like kind of a summary here, but like learner form experience is, uh, you know, fast, easy to access, mobile friendly, 
um, feels great, has, has beautiful design, all the things we talked about with, with this learning experience. But then also, I took the time to really understand my learner and I took the time to, to not assume that they're gonna consume this, right? Um, I asked them about their consumption preferences. So those are the ways I think about it. I, I think more like a marketer um, when I'm helping people build out training experiences, right? Because in the end of the day, we're really just salespeople. Like we're, we're, it's more important to sell somebody on the experience and to get them hooked to have motivation to finish out the training and get better completion rates. And uh, the marketing automation world, right? Uh, these, these other applications have already done this work. Remember we did that whole review of the hooked book, yeah. right? They've already done all of the work of figuring out the psychology for us to have experiences that we enjoy and complete and keep coming back for. But I think the whole training world is just basically, uh, doesn't want to subscribe to some of those things. Doesn't wants to believe that, that it's more important to have some crazy kind of training experience that has a lot of bells and whistles, right? Um, then rather than taking the time to really focus on having it feel more like what they're, what people are used to on a day-to-day -day basis in Snapchat, right? Um, yeah. So, yeah, so that's kind of uh, soapboxing a little bit on, on, on that format. <laughs> But yeah, thanks for asking me. Yeah, man, it's been a pleasure to be able to ask these questions. And I'm looking forward to uh, further conversations and discussions about micro learning, learning and development and the like. So again, this has been Jason with Conveyor, and I've been talking with Stephen Ryan, the founder and president of Conveyor. You can find out more about the company at conveyor.com. It's C-O-N-V-E-Y-O-U-R, conveyor.com. You can also check us out at podcast.conveyor.com. Again, thanks for listening today to Conveyor on Learning and Development. Until next time, keep up the good work.